This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morse, and this week we recap a perfect weekend for the Bates volleyball and men's soccer teams. Football head coach Malik Hall joins the program for his weekly interview, and the field hockey team earned its first conference win of the year. All that and more coming up on the Bates Bobcast. The football team fell to Trinity by a score of 59-16 on Saturday. Bates trailed just 14-9 after sophomore Anthony Costa returned an interception for a touchdown with 4.30 left in the second quarter. But the Bantams scored twice before halftime to start a string of 45 unanswered points. Fifth quarter here on the Bates Bobcats with the head coach of the Bobcats, Malik Hall. Obviously, Trinity, there's only really one team like him in the conference. And uh, what were some takeaways from this road trip? Yeah. You're in it late in the second quarter, and then they got a couple touchdowns there before halftime, which seemed to change things a little bit, didn't it? Uh, yeah, to change things is an understatement. I think one of the things that became very apparent um, during the game is our, our guys wanted to compete with them, um, and I thought our guys played hard. Um, and I think when we scored on defense, it kind of woke them up from a standpoint, okay, let's not get beat by Bates. Um, and one of the things that I thought the coaching staff uh, did a great job in adjusting to our game plan, um, and more than anything was to see if we could defend a best player. I think number two, at being 6'3", 195, 200 pounds, who can jump and go get the ball, I think that became to be one of the deals, okay, before we try to scheme them, let's see if they can stop some of our best players. I think 22, we did a decent job in keeping him bottled up early. Um, but, you know, if you commit to one thing, you know they're going to the second thing. And uh, it seems a little counterintuitive. Uh, and, and it's also hindsight is, you know, if they run the ball, they don't get the ball down as fast. Um but, like, our goal was to stop 22. Mm-hmm. And so, though, I think maybe I don't know that 22 has the home run power to go for 50 or 60 a clip. Um, but I know seven, eight yards a clip kind of makes me feel away too. Um, but from a game plan and a schematic standpoint, seven yards is not 25 or 30 yards. And... Um, they were able to strike with strike that fast. Uh, four-play drive. The second touchdown was a four-play drive. Field position didn't help us this, this week. Um, once again, I think our offense is just getting overwhelmed um, up front. Um, and, you know, we, we certainly tried to get the ball downfield, but um, whenever you have a quarterback who's as dynamic as he is as a runner, um, and our offense being very new from a protection standpoint, I think they did exactly what I would do. I would overwhelm the protection to see if the quarterback can sit in there and make a a legitimate throw um, as he's getting hit. Uh, I think that's easier said than done. 
from a positional standpoint of, hey, just stay in there and make the throw. When you see guys coming coming clean off the edge or up the middle. So, you know, I, again, it, it goes back to that same point. We're trying to implement something that's different. Right. We're trying to change a culture, and we're trying to do it with no history about a Trinity or Amherst and very little time to acclimate our guys. So add all of that into it, we, we're – we're trying to stay, keep the game competitive so we can get in the fourth quarter. And unfortunately, our number one goal this week or number two goal this week, we failed. Um, I thought they played hard, but we did not get the game in the fourth quarter. Um, and we got to continue to work at it and get better. What do you say to your guys after a game like that? Because I know the coaches always talk to the team afterwards. Uh, in terms of a game like that where Trinity kind of ran away in the second half, what was your message after the game? You know, I, I got to tell you, immediately after the game, I think we're all just emotionally still angry, hurt, um, disappointed. So it's, it's not much that you can say that's of value immediately after the game, especially when it gets out of hand like it did. Um, fast forward to a few days and, and some some realistic evaluation of it. You know, they played with a senior-heavy, junior-heavy squad on defense and offense. Uh, the quarterbacks are transferred from Rhode Island. Um, even knowing all of that, what that looks like in the course of a game, you get, few days to, you get a few days to think about that. And I'm saying, if you look at our roster, we're playing with all freshmen and sophomores. We don't have a, a heavy junior class, and our senior class is pretty banged up. We don't talk about injuries because that's deflection and it gives a, a different mindset to the guy who's coming in the game. Like, I believe the guy who's coming in the game can be the starter given enough snaps and enough opportunity. Well, what happens when guys get injured is he becomes a starter and he has to learn it with the snaps and the opportunity that's presented. Unfortunately for us, those guys are learning against the top two teams in the league. And so when you talk about, hey, let's see if these guys can stop our top players. Well, the Bobcat Posse can stop the full run game. However, when the ball gets thrown in the air, the Bobcat Posse can affect the run, the pass game if we can get to the quarterback, which we did early in Acosta uh, returned a pick six to the to the house, uh, but at the same point, you know, if you can block the pressure, you can get the one-on-one -on -one in the air that you want, um, and I think knowing that our goal was to defend the run and see if they could beat us with the air, um, I think they, it was more of a checkmate, if you will, because uh, we did a good job against the run, and we, we just could not defend the pass. Um, so, though our young guys are learning, it's painful learning. And, um, you know, I can coach you to do some things, but sometimes you learn better once you get burned. Mm -hmm. You know, it's something about the human emotion and disposition that, you know, you can tell a five-year-old, a six-year-old, for that matter, a 30-year-old, hey, don't touch that, that's hot. <laughs> 
but the allure of that red just shining and there's no seemingly heat coming off of it. Or if it's a gas stove where that blue is like, wow, that blue, it just doesn't look that hot. And you have to touch the stove or touch something that's around it just to believe that it's heat coming from from this. And um, I think uh, when you're a freshman or a sophomore and this is your first time playing the returning champs, you kind of have to find out what that heat is truly like and how hard it is to win, how much it burns, and the residual after you touch that plate or touch that heat, what it feels like. So you, one, can identify it next time. Two, do everything you can and then that's in your control to prevent that from happening before the game. And then second, when the game happens, there's no shell shock effect. I know these guys are good. I know I'm prepared. Now let's see, let's see us both play. We had Harrington and Johnny Lindgren from a year ago who played against Trinity out there. That's a tough sale when you talk about you coming up against one of the best teams in the league, if not the best, certainly the returning champs. Um, It's humbling for everyone on our staff. And more than anything, it gives our kids perspective as we move forward. Well, take us through the pick six, though, because Costa took it back there in the second quarter. Pressure on the quarterback there, right? Yeah, I think, again, you talk about Costa, Costa, who we call him AC. AC is looking at playing 10 plays versus Amherst and played a heck of a 10 plays to now playing 85. So I think every football player has a punch count in terms of mental capability and physical capability without having a drop-off. I think early on, um, Harrington comes around the corner and hits the quarterback pretty tough, and he's like, like we trained him, like we taught him, like he's repped it. He skies down, reroutes two, balls in the air, comes under, it's touchdown. Now, fast forward as the game keeps going, he's building off of that confidence, but now the game is moving faster. There's more pressure plays. There's more things happening. And we're not hitting the quarterback. Um, but I thought that was a great play by AC. I thought it was good for our defense. Um, I also think the learning point is when they make a big play, such as a pick six, being able to come out and absorb what you know is going to be their best punch now. Right. What you know is going to be an efficient punch, a physical punch. To be able to absorb it, take it, and come right back at it, and or absorb it and defend it and not give a touchdown. When you think about that transition of events, we go pick six. We kick the ball off. They return it to the 50, and they score within six plays, and they score on a critical third down. So I think that's the lesson learned from that, that if you're playing a good team, and we know good is the enemy of great, when you punch them, they are going to punch you back. You have to be on defense, on attack, and to be able to absorb it if they hit you. And unfortunately, we didn't do either. Foley at place kicker drilled a field goal there, huh? Foley is the man. Foles goes <laughs> from, I mean, he punted the ball extremely well. Once he realized that they were setting up walls, I came to him and said, hey, we need to kick it out of bounds or way to the sideline. He was already thinking that. 
because right now we let him just boom it because his leg is that well, that good. Yeah. Um, and and I said, I said he's like, yeah, coach, I'm kicking it away from him. Perfect. So he he, he executed his punts. He kicked, a, I think, what was it, a 36, 36-yard yeah. yeah. field goal. And he made three tackles to save the kick return from being touchdowns. Uh, so, from a team standpoint, he was our player of the game. Um, he did a lot of things that just won't show up in the stat sheet as as glaring as a pick six or 59 points, if you will. Uh, but he certainly he, he played his tail off and did everything he could do to put us in a position to win. Are you gonna channel Belichick a little bit and be like on to Tufts this week? Is that that's that's it? We yeah. actually, we um in my mind, I sometimes wish there was a physical game ball and a physical tape so we could all dig a hole somewhere yeah. on Barlow Field or Barwell Field and bury it. Mm-hmm. Um, because right now we need to bury it because we can't let our Trinity loss create a tough loss. Mm-hmm. And and when I talk loss, I'm talking our goals, which is to empty the tank and find ourselves in the fourth quarter. Winning and losing is a progress based on us trusting our process. And right now, we our, our process took a hit. 59 points, five first downs on offense. Your confidence is going to take a hit. Your process is going to take a hit. We cannot allow the process to take a hit and our confidence to take such a hit where we're, we're no longer preparing for toughs. We're no longer preparing to move forward. And again, I think to fail means to fall and immediately learn. We need to immediately learn from this, and we needed to immediately learn like two days ago, like immediately after the game. So as real, as 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 tough and as difficult it is to get over tough losses, for that matter, like a blowout, um, you certainly can't let that residual of that loss drag all the way into the next week. Because it is showing your play, it is showing your effort, it is showing your juice, it is showing your preparation. And once it shows, the other team can see it. All right, Malik Hall, thanks so much. Thank you, man. Great day to be a Bobcat. The men's soccer team won back-to-back NESCAC matches over the weekend, defeating Wesleyan 1-0 on Saturday and knocking off Williams 2-0 on Sunday. With the victories, the Bobcats are now ranked 8th in the New England region by the United Soccer Coaches. Junior captain Peter Bakken scored the game winner against Wesleyan, while junior Eric Opoku scored twice against the Eves. But our male Bobcat of the week is senior goalkeeper Robbie Montanaro. He made a season-high nine saves against the Eves, and he's allowed just two goals in the first six matches of the year. I think just the whole team has been clicking, um, not only this past week, but just the whole course of the season, um, going into the offseason last year. Um, then we've had some great freshmen this year step up and, and play huge roles for us. Um, and there's honestly a, a total vibe around the team that I've never felt in my four years here Um and it's, it's awesome. Like, I really, there's a belief around the team that we're going to be destined to do big things this year. Um, and this, these two wins this weekend were kind of just the start of what's coming for us. Well, then, Williams, when you were a first year, the team beat Williams at Williams, right? So it's a nice little bookend, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Um, 
you know, I, I just look looking back at that win, and that was kind of like the the peak of that season for us. It was such a huge win at Williams in overtime. I remember Pebo scored the first goal and um, or scored the game winner, I should say. Um, and I remember I was out on the bench that game and just going crazy with the guys. Um, and for us, it felt like a Super Bowl win, you know, at that at that stage and and where we were, and um, you know, especially being a freshman on the, on that team and. You know, we, we'd had a little bit of a rough season, but just kind of that, that win was huge for us. I remember the day before we got killed by Wesleyan, and so it was just like a surreal moment when Pebo put that in the back of the net and we were all running to the corner flag. Um, I remember before the overtime, actually, Noah Riskin, our captain at the time, had said to us, you know, we'll meet you boys at the corner flag when we score. And so, you know, to, to actually have it, you know, that, at, like, actualize and was, was really, really cool. And, and this year... Um, I actually reflected on it a little bit after the game, and it was more of a very different vibe of we just went into the game totally expecting to win. Um, you know, and I think it shows after the fact we were pumped up, but you know, what Coach Tyler said to us right after the game is we're on to Trinity you know, because we have to take three points out of that one and hopefully another six-point weekend next weekend, and you know, that's kind of where our heads are at now. Um, of we'll, we'll kind of look back on the ride after we finish it, but... Um, and that's kind of what I meant, what I was referring to with the, with the vibe around the team, and it's awesome. And I, you just feel momentum building, momentum building, momentum building, and, and more so like belief building amongst the team. Of um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna really turn some heads this year. Well, and only two goals allowed in six matches. I mean, that's that's what you want, right? <laughs> As a goalkeeper, I mean, my my defense has been unbelievable this year. Um, I mean, they've made my life so much easier. Blaze. Uh, Sam, James, and, and Jules, and then everyone who's, you know, come in and played minutes on that back line has been outstanding. I'm, I can't ask for better as a goalkeeper in my, like, you know, and, and the, the thing that I think is, is awesome is, you know, we're still getting on the same page. We're still getting used to all four of us playing together because James is, James is new on the back line. And so we're all still, you know, getting used to each other. And so it's scary to think about the fact that, we're just going to get even better as we get more more comfortable playing with each other and we start to learn each other's tendencies a little bit more. And Sam and I have that connection, me and Blaze, me and Jules. Um, but just as the as the back line in, in general and with Peds and, and Freds who sit above them, um, you know, as we start to get more and more comfortable with each other, it's just going to get even better and better. And so for me, that's uh, really um, what I'm excited about because it's been like, you know, the past four years have been, you know, we, we've given up a lot of shots and, and we've, we've, you know, we've never been the, the staunchest of defenses. We've, we've always kind of been like a bend but don't break kind of defense. And this year we're just kind of shutting things down before they even start. And, you know, for me to be able to focus on my communication aspect of the game a little bit more than, than just shot stopping has been, has been awesome. I'm curious, I mean, new head coach Tyler Shake this year, you got him about a month before the season. What was that transition like for you? Um, it was a little, I mean, it was just interesting to hear, you know, just to, to go into the season and not have any idea of what was, you know, what was, what was going on, you know. Um, but I think that pushed a lot of guys because people always talk about how the worst thing to do is be comfortable, mm-hmm. right? And so I think the, the, the fact that everyone was kind of didn't know what to expect with the new coach coming in. I mean, we had guys come in more fit than they ever have. Um, and just guys being on their toes for the whole first week of like, oh, how, how is this going to happen? How's, you know, um, but Coach Tyler has been awesome. Um, 
And I think Coach Flaherty put together a great team. Um, and Coach Tyler has really taken us and molded us into the, the image that he wants us to be in. And he's put us in positions where we can just go out and we know the, the game plan we have to execute. And we've gone, gone out and, you know, executed the game plan. Um, and so that's, you know, that's really what it's about. This weekend you're at Trinity and you're at Amherst. I remember, I think it was your first year here, but when Amherst came to Russell Street Field, I looked at them, they're, they're much bigger than Bates. I don't think that's the case anymore. you got some big guys on that back line, don't you? Oh, we have some, we have some big boys on the back line. I mean, I think Hubs is 6'1", 6'2". Um, Fred's is like 6'7". I don't know. Yeah, Fred, Fred's, is, Fred's is a big boy. He's probably realistically about 6'4", 6'5". You know, Pater's, Pater's huge. Um, and then James Peter looks small compared to all of them, but he's about 6'1", 6'2", himself. So... And then our, our our outside backs play a lot bigger than they are. You know, I mean, Blaze has a heart that's probably eight feet too tall, you know, and Jules has the intensity to match. So, um, you know, it's 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 going to be a contest on, sa- on well, Sunday when we play Amherst. But right now we're thinking about Trin and we're thinking about those three points. Um, and then, you know, we'll go from there. But I haven't actually seen too, too much of Amherst. I've been watching a lot of the Trinity film. Um, but... You know, I know that we can go toe to toe with anybody, regardless of, you know, what they get, whether they got the, you know, big towers in midfield or or whatnot. Yeah. Um, but I do remember that that Amherst team from my freshman year was, they were rolling over teams. Yeah. Um, so you know, I can only hope we're going to be doing the same thing to them this year. So there you have it. Well, Robbie Montanaro, our male Bobcat of the week. Thanks so much. Thank you very much. The volleyball team also went undefeated over the weekend, rallying to beat Colby on Friday and Brandeis on Saturday, each by a count of 3-1. to one. Against Brandeis, head coach Melissa Duran decided to bring in first-year Sidney Phillips after Bates dropped the first set. Phillips had not played since the season opener, but she responded with a match-high 16 kills. And she is our female Bobcat of the Week. I was just really excited to get in the game. I'd be looking forward to getting some playing time, and my mom was there to watch me, so it was really exciting. Was it her first time seeing you in college play? She saw me a little bit when I played against Farmingdale at Wheaton, but this was the first time she really got to see me play. Gotcha. What, what, what was the conversation like with her afterwards? Because, I mean, you just came in there and dominated, basically. She was really excited for me. She was super happy she came up. It was also my birthday weekend, so it was like the cherry on top. What was working so well out there on the court for you? Uh, Julia was just giving me really great sets. Uh, I think we just worked really well together, and um, it was just a good day. What about Bates attracted you to come here for college? I really liked the community at Bates. Um, I toured some other campuses, and I liked them also, but when I came to Bates, I just knew it was the right place for me. What's Coach Duran like? Coach Duran's a great coach. She's really funny, and I look forward to playing for her for four years. Uh, what have you been learning in terms of adjustments from high school to college on the volleyball court? Uh, a big thing we've been working on for me is my passing. Uh, it's definitely one of my weaker points, but I think I've made some good progress so far, and the coaches are really helping me out. When did you start playing volleyball? Take us back when you were growing up. When did you get into the sport? I started playing volleyball my freshman year of high school. I actually wasn't planning on trying out, but one of my friends convinced me to try out with her and so just fell in love with it right away. When did you start thinking, hey, I can maybe play in college? After my junior season, I started seriously looking into playing college volleyball. What's the team dynamic like? What are your teammates like in terms of personalities? I really like all of my teammates. They're all awesome and I'm so happy that 
I get to spend every day with them. So two wins this weekend for the team. I mean, obviously, you know, Colby Match, uh, Nezcak op- opponent, and then Brandeis. Both of them, you came back, right, from one set down. What does that say about your team? Uh, it was just a really big weekend for us. I think we really persevered. Like, after the first set in each game, we didn't let us get, we didn't let it get us down, really bounced back, and uh, just pushed through, worked hard together. Um, everyone's really supportive, and I think that's really helpful. Great, excellent. You mentioned Julia with all her great sets. What's that dynamic like between a setter and an outside hitter like yourself in terms of what does it take to have a successful combination of that, you think? Julia is a super committed player. Uh, she's just She doesn't let you get down on yourself. She pu- she pushes you to get better, and um, it's just really great dynamic. Like That's exactly what you need from a setter. Have you always been an outside hitter? Um. I actually started out as a middle hitter my first year, and then I did a little bit of right side. And then my junior and senior year, I transitioned to outside. Uh, do you prefer it? Yeah, I definitely like outside the best. For those who don't know, what are maybe some similarities and differences between those three positions? Middle is definitely, I would say, the hardest position. It's a lot more blocking. You have to be really quick. I like right side a lot, but um, in terms of just number of sets I'd say outside is the best place so you get more opportunities maybe yeah because generally if like the pass isn't like spot on it's usually set to the outside I and from my experience what are you looking forward to most this rest of the season you got tons of matches left so about a little less than halfway through it looks like I'm just really excited to spend more time with the team get out there cheer everybody on I look forward to it. I think it'll be a great season All right, Sydney Phillips, our female Bobcat of the Week. Thanks so much. Thank you. Duran talks more about what prompted the move to bring in Phillips and what she is looking for from her team entering Friday's home match against Middlebury. You know, I think what prompted the move is we were were struggling. In our first set, our offense was having a hard time getting getting going. And, you know, Sydney is a a fantastic athlete, and she brings a certain skill set to the table. And it just seemed, you know, after speaking with my my staff and kind of evaluating where we were offensively, it just seemed like she was the perfect person who was going to fit in in that current situation. And, um, yeah, I was really happy for her. She's capable of that. I think we expected her to come in and and do well for us, and and she exceeded those expectations. We were really happy for her. Great. And then what maybe did you see in practice from her that led you to to have confidence like that? Um, she's just been getting more and more comfortable in practice. She's been uh, getting a lot more touches on the ball. You know, Sydney's came to volleyball late. She's she's a softball player, and and so just getting her continuous repetitions every day, she gets a little better, and it's it's really neat to to see her develop. So she certainly deserved a shot, and she definitely made the most of it. Excellent. So the team in both matches fell down one nothing, and then was able to win the next three sets in a row. What does that say about your crew that they're able to rally like that? I think it shows that they're, we have a lot of grit. We have a lot of mental toughness. They didn't panic. We, we knew we were going to be okay. We just had to, especially with Colby, kind of weather that initial emotional storm that we knew they were going to bring to the table. And, and once the dust settled, we would, we would be okay. So just a, nice and calm. And, and we've worked really hard the past year, the past two years of not riding that emotional roller coaster and, and being steady, and, and you're starting to see the effects of that. Great. Who are some players who have stood out to you early on in this season that maybe are not necessarily surprises, but have really taken a step forward from maybe last year? 
Oh, that's a great question. Our team worked so hard in their off season to to have a lot of different people step up. Um, it's hard to pinpoint one player. So I, if I had to pick one, I would say certainly seeing Julia Pianapinto mm-hmm. go from being our, our second setter, uh, running our practice teams, actually making us function for the past years to now, I don't think people realize how much Julia did behind the scenes for us as a program. And now t- to watch her get her her well-deserved shot at, at leading the team, um, both as, as a captain on the floor and off the floor, it's been really neat to see Jules. She's really, um, she's paid the price, and, and it's nice to see her get her time now. What's it like being the first team to get to use a new uh, court there at Alumni? It's so neat, isn't yeah. it? It's um, The court's great. It makes, and we've had really good turnout so far for our home matches, and it just, it's such a hard place to play here. And certainly looking forward and having Middlebury coming up on Friday, that, that home atmosphere, I think, really served us well to, to make the other team uncomfortable. But yeah, the, the new court, the new scoreboard, everything's really, it, it's definitely a step up, and it's, it's, been, it's been neat to see. You touched on the home match this Friday mm-hmm. against Middlebury. That's been a pretty good back and forth between it these has. two teams, right? What's that dynamic like with them? Um, it's it's always, man, they're always tough. They're always tough. Sarah's always has her team. They're strong every year in the NESCAC. You know, they, they clipped us last year. We got them the year before. So, um, you know, we're excited to have this as a home match. Um, but, yeah, they're always a really a, a tough competitor for, for us, and they're always really close, exciting games. So we're we're certainly – ready to get after it and practice this week and, and just get ourselves as ready as we can be for them. And then what are some things you've been emphasizing that the team needs to work on to continue to improve throughout the season as we get closer to the NESCAC tournament? Well, I think what you're going to see from us, we're, we're certainly we're going to be a bit of a late-blooming team. We, we've dealt, the injury bug is, has kind of passed through us pretty good. So I think is, but fortunately nothing um, season-ending. Right. Just so as we have our our players come back and we get a full roster together and we're able to practice the way we want to practice, I think you're going to see us really improve in all facets of our play, um, especially offensively. So I think our offense right now, you know, going through our week is our biggest area that we're going to work on, um, and we'll continue to get stronger in that, especially as we have more personnel come back. All right, Melissa Duran, thanks so much. Thank you. The field hockey team picked up its first NESCAC win of the season with a 5-2 victory over Wesleyan on Saturday. Five different Bobcats scored for Bates, including junior Victoria McGee. McGee leads Bates with eight points through six matches. Coach has been having me play uh, left mid this season, which is something new for me. Um, In the past seasons, I've been that left inner, so more up with the forwards, um, but didn't really generate as many scoring opportunities, but definitely um, focused on working the ball to the forwards, which is where we got most of our points in uh, previous seasons. But this year, um, it's been great uh, with just generating a lot of shots at the top of the circle and just trying to get them in. And um, and luckily, some of them have gotten in, which is which is pretty cool. When did you start playing field hockey? Take us back when you first got into the sport. Yeah, so I'm growing up. Um, I come from an ice hockey family. My dad played ice hockey at Dartmouth, and um, my sister and I, we both played competitively, and I was originally going to go D1 for ice hockey, but then um, just kind of fell in love with field hockey um, from playing you know, soccer for so many years. I just thought, 
you know, oh, field hockey, it has the word hockey in it, so it can't be that hard. So seventh grade through, obviously, senior year and, um, you know, still playing, obviously, I just fell in love with the sport, and then I thought, oh, my gosh, like, now I have to choose between field hockey and ice hockey, so then I started looking at NESCACs and, um, and you know, just kind of focused on which school I just felt most comfortable at, and Bates just was it, and I've... I haven't regretted it. What about Bates stood out to you when you were going through the college search process? Just how friendly uh, everyone was on campus and just kind of that homey feeling and just walking around. Everyone just seemed really happy. Uh, everyone was pretty much outdoors and just kind of just having a good time and hanging out with one another and uh, getting to know about the relationships between students and professors. I just really liked that and the small class sizes was was also really what I was looking for, but um, but also you know the chance to play in the NASCAC, which is just unbelievable. Excellent. Um, do you play for the club uh, ice hockey team here? I do. Yes. What's that experience like? <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so much fun. Um, it it was a little little different just because of how laid back it is yeah. because it is club ice hockey, but um, but it's been an awesome experience. And there are some girls on the field hockey team and women's soccer and a few other. Um, teams and they all play club hockey and it, it's so so much fun and we actually have been undefeated for quite some time now so it's definitely a lot of fun practices are fun and playing games obviously are so much fun excellent obviously for the field hockey team challenging schedule to start the year doesn't get any easier this wednesday when you're at babson but you seem to have a, a whole i don't want to say a hold over babson but you've done a really good job of recent years beating them what what about that matchup seems to favor the team you think well, when it comes to Babson, they're always a top 10 team, and it's just a game that we really look forward to. Um, we know a lot of the players on the Babson team. We have a little bit of beef with some of the players on that other team. Um, and I don't know, we just get really excited about Babson and wanting to compete with them. And in the past four years, it's been really successful with coming um, across some wins, some overtime wins, which have been really exciting. So. We're really looking forward to playing Babson tomorrow and um, and doing well. What's maybe the focus coming off a one-on-one weekend there with Wesleyan and Williams? I think a lot of us have just been kind of focusing on you know fixing our mistakes um, in both the Wesleyan and the Williams games and how we can capitalize on on opportunities that um, that you know we haven't really been capitalizing on and making those changes on the field, whether it be positionally or just the structure, anything like that. Um, so we're definitely working on that. Last year, kind of a slow start also. So does the team have some confidence knowing that they, you've done this before in terms of like, you know, turning things around mid-season somewhat? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think with the Wesleyan win, um, it definitely, you know, got us really excited. Like, okay, like, here we go. We have a win. It's an SCAC win. Like, like, let's just keep it moving. After their loss to Williams on Sunday, the Bobcats will look to use the Babson match to build momentum down the stretch, just like they did last year on their way to their second straight winning season. This weekend, Bates Athletics hits the road with the only home event this Friday when the volleyball team hosts Middlebury at 7 p.m. On Saturday, football is at Tufts. The field hockey team and soccer teams are at Trinity. The men's golf team competes in the NESCAC Fall Qualifier and the cross-country teams defend their main state titles at Bowdoin. And as usual, we will have it all covered next time on the Bates Bobcast. Bates, Bates, Bates.
Thank you.